What's up, church? Thank you for joining me today. ABU, Arnabas and Unified Church. I'm excited to bring you this word today. Um, in the process of asking God, man, what should we be talking about? I've been also working on these weddings, and I want to give a huge shout out to Haley and Jaden. Um, they just got married um, today, and so, man, thank y'all for allowing me to be a part of it. I'm excited to see God work through y'all's marriage, and I know that God has some, man, some powerful, some amazing things coming ahead. So congratulations. All right. It was a beautiful thing. And I also want to give a shout out to my cousin, Alicia and Ed. I'm going to be marrying them in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to, to go and see all the family and be a part of that. Man, it means a lot to me. And um, it, it gets me really thinking about marriage and just the meaning and stuff like that. And as I was preparing this week's message, I kept thinking about um, the story in John chapter two, when Jesus goes and attends a wedding. And I was like, man, God, are you sure this is what you want. This really doesn't feel like a significant story or anything. And then God revealed to me, yes, this is exactly what I want you to say. And I'm going to break it down. Why? And he really brought some things out that I pray that you would receive today. And so today's message is called the invitation. Okay. Because God wants to, us to be a part of some amazing things. He wants to make sure that we don't miss out on anything. And it's easy to miss out on something if you're not present. So I pray that we would be present and, uh, man, that we would see God work in our lives. So let me pray, and then we'll get started with today's reading again. Jump right in. Father, I just thank you for another day, Lord. And I just thank you for the way that you, man, that you look after us, that you you speak to us, that you take time um, to be with us, Lord. And I pray that it would be something that we would always, man, just be in all of, that we wouldn't take for granted, but we would take advantage of it, Lord. And so as we come to you right now, I just... Help us relieve any talk, any thoughts or anything that we came walking in with this today, Lord, um, that has been weighing us down. Father, we just release it and lay it at your feet right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that, uh, man, we could just get a word from you that you would bring revelation to us, Lord. And, uh, man, Jesus, just help us. Help us see the things the way that you see them so we could do things the way that you would do them. So we just love you and we just thank you for another opportunity of a day. And help us use this day to glorify you. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, the invitation. We're going to be in John chapter 2. We're going to be starting at verse 1 all the way to verse 11. Uh, so let's jump right in. Starting at verse 1, it says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in uh, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply had ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they had no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time is not yet come. But his mother told the servants, hey, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom's groom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everybody's had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time that Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Alright, so that's what it is. It's the story of Jesus turning water into wine. And that might not be a sound like a huge event, like, oh my God, look what God did. But in a Mexican household, okay, 
man, turning water into, into wine is like, man, having an endless supply of fresh tortillas, right? It's a it's a big deal and everybody is happy, okay? And if you don't open that, you probably wouldn't understand that or you wouldn't get that. But just reading this, uh, this is early in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And it really didn't seem like, well, what's the point of this, right? It doesn't really play a big significant. Um, but the truth is, we all need to be reminded of God's glory in our life so our belief can grow. We all need faith builders and this story is a great example of why. So the first thing I want you to take away from today is this. Jesus moves where he is included. Jesus moves where he is included. The very first two verses, verse 1 and 2, it says this. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and the disciples were also invited into the celebration. Reading that, you're like, okay, so they went to a wedding. Okay, that's cool. But that's the thing. They got invited to a wedding. They were invited. You see, it's hard to see Jesus move in your situation, move in your life, if he doesn't get an invitation, if you don't invite him to it. Um, just the other day, I was picking up my daughter, Lily, and I picked her up from school, and she's looking real upset. And I'm like, man, Lil, what's the deal? And she's like, man, Dad, I still cannot find my sweater. And so she got this sweater uh, from the school that uh, her older sister, Malia, goes to. And it's something that she really treasures. She really valued. Well, she'd been wearing it to school every day. And she lost it at school. And then they couldn't find it. She left at the playground. They found it. She, she left it again and lost it again. So a whole week had gone by. This sweater has been missing. The teachers sent her emails. Nobody could find this thing. And so she was disappointed. And she's telling me about it. And I was like, well, man, have you talk to Jesus about this. See, because I was just listening to a song. It was That's what the song was called, Talking to Jesus. She was like, no, nah, I haven't, Dad. I was like, I think we should pray about this. And uh, man, let's just see what God's going to do. So that night we prayed. And the next morning we got up and we prayed again. And uh, later that day, we went to go pick him up. And uh, my wife went and grabbed him. And as they're coming back to the car, I see just this huge grin on her face. And she's wearing the sweater. She's wearing the sweater, y'all. Uh, and I say all this because... Too often we run and tell everyone else our situation, our business, when they have no power or ability to move in it, right? Does that sound familiar? We're telling everybody else, man, you can't believe this. They can't even do nothing for us. If you want to see Jesus move in your life, move in your situation, you have to invite him in. You have to bring him in. Say, God, I need you, Jesus. I need you to move in this. And he wants to be included in every area, every area of your life. But we have to give him the invitation. That's where it all has to start. He's got to get the invitation if he's going to show up. Verse 2, I mean, verse 3 and 4 says this. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus told his mother. Um, Jesus' mother told him they had no more wine. And Jesus responded like this. I like the way he said it. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. <laughs> I love Jesus, man. I feel like he wanted people to always just keep it real with you. Just he straight shooter, right? Jesus was not trying to hear anything that she had to say about it. And the funny thing is, his mother didn't ask him to make more wine, right? She didn't say, "Hey, will you make some more wine?" She just said, "Man, they're out of wine." But this is the thing about Jesus: he knows our intentions before they're even being spoken. And the same is true for us. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our motives before we even begin to voice them. And he said, hey, that's not our problem. 
that don't worry about it. That's important that we need to listen to today. Because some of us keep picking up problems that don't even belong to us to begin with. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Some of us keep picking up problems that don't even involve us to begin with. And then we get frustrated and then we get stressed out. And we aren't even supposed to be involved. In church, I'm saying, yes, it is good to help people. But you got to have understanding. you got to have discernment. To know that every situation doesn't call for you to jump right in and to do all these things. Because God might not be asking you to do that, okay? So you have to be careful of it. We need to understand that somebody else's problem is not our emergency. That's a tough one to hear, right? Somebody else's problem is not your emergency. But somebody need to hear that today. Because if you never place healthy boundaries in your life, You're always going to be unbalanced and you're always going to be adding things that you're not ready to take on. It's just like a car. You take your car in to get a routine with like a alignment for its wheels whenever it's off balance, right? Um, You don't just keep rolling through it because you know it's going to mess things up the further that you continue that way. The same is true in our spiritual walk and the same is true when it comes to trying to help people. We have to make sure that the place that we're pouring in is from a place that we have. And this is what I mean. Too many times we're trying to pour out of something that we don't even possess. We got an empty cup and we're trying to pour it out to other people. And you can't give someone something else that you don't possess. You're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. And that's a good thing because that's a huge responsibility. That's one that I don't want. Okay? It's too great. And we aren't called to always just go and be an aid to everybody. But we can always still be a voice the same way that she brought this up. Uh, we can still always bring some attention up to God and, and intercess on somebody's behalf. But we have to understand that not every problem, not every situation calls for us to jump right in and be hands and feet. Sometimes we simply got to be a, a, a prayer, right? We got to be a prayer warrior for our people. And, and it's a beautiful thing because even when we do that, man, Jesus becomes aware of these problems. Um and we should have some comfort that some solutions are headed down the way, okay? But we also got to remember that it's going to arrive at the right time. It's not going to always arrive when we ask. So here's the second thing I want you to take away from today. So we know Jesus moves where he's included, but here's the second thing. What you don't see can't change what he can do. What you don't see can't change what he can do. And verse 5 says, But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. I liked it. What did Jesus tell her? He said, well, that's not our problem. It's not my time. But his mother didn't question what Jesus said. But check out how she responded. Just because she didn't question what he said, she understood that she didn't also have to question what he's capable of. She didn't need him to say that he was going to do this, okay? Because she believed what he was already able to do. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense okay and that's huge because for us we're visual people a lot of times we allow our life experience the things that we happen to us to affect our beliefs to affect the way that we see god that we see jesus and if we're honest a lot of time people's words always always haven't always matched their actions that's just the truth you've probably had people let you down i've had people let me down sometimes we're the people that have let others down um it happens okay i get that But we can't let those moments influence our belief negatively. We have to be careful. Because too many times our life experiences does that to our belief. And we start placing the things that people have done. And the way that we would see God. Or the things 
that we believe he's going to do. So church, I want to encourage you today. Um, man, what you don't see can't change what he can do or even what he's currently doing right now. Man, that's good news. Because a lot of times we're just waiting to see. We're like, oh man, I don't see God working this situation. I asked him to move. Where, what is he doing? And we start to have doubts. We start to ask questions. Stop all that, okay? We got to quit. Check out what happened in the next couple verses. 6 and 8. It says, Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. They followed his instructions. For these servants, man, filling these jars, man, of course they know something they know how to do, right? These aren't just some hired guns. Hey, I want you to come and work this event. Nah, man, these people have been in the, in this situation before, so they knew what to do. It was part of their job, and it's probably something they've done n- numerous times, right? And these jars that they were using were specific. They had a purpose. It said that they were used for the hand-washing ceremony or the ceremony of washing. So that means that they couldn't just put any kind of water in there. It had to be pure. It had to be clean. There were some specific things that they had to go about to do it in the right way. And then after doing that, they were asked to take some out and go give it to the master of ceremonies to drink it, right? Which would have been crazy back then to think, man, why am I going to give him this this water that's purified that we're trying to cleanse? I don't want him to know that I just gave him this water to drink. Like, I might get in trouble for this. But they didn't question it. What did they do? They followed his instructions. They followed his instructions. And that's a lesson, man, that should never get old for us, okay? We can't let what's being asked of us, even though sometimes it can feel significant, stop us from doing it. Okay, even if it makes us feel foolish, we think we're going to get in trouble, but God asks of it, man, we got to follow his instructions. And a lot of times he's going to ask us to do things that we know, things that are routine, things that we've already been doing. And we've been asking for God to move and he responds in a way that we didn't expect. And he say, hey, well, how about you just spend more time praying? You're like, man, I've been praying about the situation. God. What, do you, what do you mean pray about the situation? I've been doing that. You've seen me doing it. Yeah. But we have to follow his instructions because we don't understand what he's doing in that moment and how it's going to lead and add to the things that are going to come ahead. So don't get bored with doing what's routine when he asks you to do it. And that's hard. That's hard for all of us. That's why sometimes you get up and you're like, I only feel like reading today. I don't feel like praying today. But we have to do it. We have to follow his instructions because what we're doing is, man, we're, we're, we're working. And eventually, all the work that we're putting in is going to pay off in greater ways than we could even ask or imagine. Verse 9, it says, When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where they came from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. Not knowing. He didn't know, right? But like, we, what did we say earlier, right? Just because we don't see the change doesn't mean that he can't do it. So just because we don't have the understanding, we don't know what has happened, it shouldn't change our praise for the one who can make it happen. A lot of times we get caught up, we want to know the details, we're a little nosy, okay? We want to know, man, what happened and this and that. Like All that stuff shouldn't matter. What should matter is that we're praising God for the way that he moved through the situation. And that's a hard thing to do. Whenever you don't see it, whenever it's happening in a way that you didn't expect, or you don't have all the information... That's hard sometimes, but we have to focus on things that we know that he can do. And man, just praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. So we know that Jesus 
works where he's included, right? We know that just because we don't see a change doesn't mean that he can do a change. Here's the third thing I want you to realize. Faith grows in his glory. Faith grows in his glory. This will make sense. It would all tie together. In verse 10 it says, A host always serves the best wine first, he said. And then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. So that's important right there. Man, I love that because what we receive at the beginning, it only gets better at the end. It only gets better with time. And this is what I mean that our faith grows in His glory. Because the more that you've received His glory, the more that you've been a part of what God has, what happens? And you start to trust God a little bit more, right? You start to believe a little bit harder. You start to pray a little bit more. You start to read a little bit more. You start to worship a little in a little deeper place. You start to tell people the way that God has moved in your life and your faith begins to expand. Oftentimes we think, man, just because we want a deeper faith that God's just automatically going to give it to us. Well, he's going to give it to us, but he's going to give it to us in opportunities that present growth. Okay, so that means that we are going to have to go through some things, experience some things. So that way people can look up and see, man, God did the work that can't nobody deny. And your faith grows in that process. And so that's what I mean when I say your faith grows in his glory, because the more that you lift them up and the more that God is glorified in your life, that means you don't been through some things that made your faith get stressed, made your faith get expanded. And it helped you grow and it sharpened you in ways that you didn't even know you needed. And that's the beauty of it too, right? Because you think at the beginning, the little things that he's doing, you're like, man, this is so amazing. But what happens is, as you continue to go and you continue to walk with the Lord, man, the things that he was blessing that he was doing at the beginning that your faith was growing on, even bigger things happen later on that your faith is just mind blown. Okay, it's just blowing you out the water. And it really makes you think of how Jesus gave his life to us. Like, that is an amazing thing that, right, none of us can repay. None of us can even imagine and fathom. It's like, man, that's the greatest gift ever. But the crazy thing is, uh, uh, just a, a great a gift just as great or even greater is the fact that because of that sacrifice, because of us believing, confessing with our mouth and believing in our hearts, man, we get to go to heaven. We get to be in his presence. And we know how much now, man, our faith has grown just being and being able to experience them here on earth. Man, I can only imagine what it's going to be like to be in heaven and to be with him like all the time, right? To be in his actual presence like that. Man, it's, it's going to be wonderful. And that's the beauty of it, right? Because what we receive at the beginning only gets better at the end. It's always going to get better at the end. Verse 11, it says this. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. What are we talking about? Faith grows in his glory, right? So this was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. They stayed in it for themselves. They experienced it. They walked through it. And because of it, the disciples believed in him. So that just shows the more that God reveals to us, the more that our trust and our belief is going to grow to him. But it's also going to be some tough situations that he's going to ask of us, that he's going to tell us to step out and, and to have to work on and grow through and let go. Because um, that's the beauty of it, though, is that our faith is going to grow in his glory. And so whatever your situation may be looking like right now, it might be difficult, it might be tough. Man, but I promise you, I guarantee it, as you reach closer um, to the ending of that season, to the ending of that situation, the way that God is going to get glory in it, 
and it's going to do so much for your faith. And you've already experienced some of it right now. Even right now, you might be in a place like, man, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm over this. But you can look back at all those different places that he was glorified in your life and how it built your faith and it made it stronger. Well, that's what he's doing right now. So that's what I want to encourage you right now. What you're going through, God's going to get glory in it and it's going to grow your faith stronger. So the next thing that comes your way, you're going to have this right now um, to help you get through that. Pray that it all makes sense. All right. Pray that it all makes sense. So that's the crazy thing about this celebration. I I read it and I never thought of all these things and God was just revealing all these things. Like, hey, man, you want to be a part of it? You got to send me the invite. OK, and you show up, man, things that you don't don't be surprised by the way that I work, even when you don't see me at work, because I'm capable of doing it all. And he does, man. And we always like, man, I want my faith to grow. Well, it's going to take some work, and it's going to take us experiencing them in new ways, doing some things differently, and lifting them up that we're going to receive it. And so my challenge for all of us this week, keep celebrating. Keep celebrating. That's the challenge, church. Keep celebrating. So you're like, well, how do I celebrate? It starts with talking to Jesus. It starts with praying. Right? Each day that you wake up, throughout the day, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. Spend time Thanking God. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's doing right now. Thank God for the things that are coming ahead. Because he's always moving. He's always done something. And he's always currently doing something. And if we keep celebrating this fact, if we keep celebrating it, it's going to help us stand firm when we feel like we're on some shaky ground. It's going to help us stay focused whenever all these things are trying to pull us every direction. It's going to help us press forward even though things are pressing against us. Amen. We got to keep celebrating. Another way that you can keep celebrating is worship. And a lot of times when we think of worship, we think of, oh, we're just going to turn off the music. We're going to worship. We're going to let it go. Hey, well, that's one way to worship. And that's one way to keep celebrating whenever you're feeling down. Man, just start praising God and start uh, worshiping him. Um, but also worship is the way that we live our life. OK, if we live our life in a way um, that honors him, that is a, a sign of our worship. So when we go to out of our way because God has led us to do something and God gets the glory in it. That's us celebrating. That's us worshiping God. And so I trust you to continue to do that, man, and keep pressing forward. Keep worshiping. Keep celebrating Him. And the third way that you can keep celebrating God is by sharing. Sharing the experiences. Sharing the things that you've gone through. And that's something a lot of us aren't comfortable for. I mean, even me as a pastor, there's a lot of things that God asked for me to share um, with all of y'all, but also individually with people. And that's not always the easiest thing. But when I keep sharing and I keep celebrating God, my faith keeps growing and it keeps getting stronger. And I keep being reminded just how good God is, just how faithful he's been in my life and just how much he loves me. And so, far, church, I pray that you would all do this, that you would keep celebrating this week and whatever you're going through. Just like there was a wedding celebration this this past weekend. There's a couple coming ahead. Um Keep celebrating. Celebrate every day. Spend time talking with them, praying. Spend time worshiping with the music or even the way that you live your life. Keep sharing. Keep celebrating all that God is doing in your life. I promise you, if you do these things, your faith is going to continue to grow stronger. You're going to continue to experience God in new ways. And you're going to be shocked in all of the ways that He shows up. And so whatever season of life you're looking at right now, whatever you're currently going through, Man, know that it's a faith builder, okay? God is using it for something greater, um, not only right now, but in things to come. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you that 
I can look back on my life and there's a lot of things to celebrate. And it excites me that even the things that are troubles today and even those that will come in the future, that it can't stop me from celebrating your goodness. It can't stop me from talking to you. It can't stop me from worshiping you. It can't stop me from sharing about your goodness, Lord, because I will always continue to celebrate you the way that you celebrated me. And so, Father, I just pray for my brothers and sisters to wake up every day and that we would all have the attitude to celebrate you, um, that we wouldn't be ashamed or afraid to speak of the way that you've worked in our lives or that you're currently working in our lives, that we wouldn't be afraid to spend time talking with you, that we wouldn't be afraid, uh, man, just to worship you and give you the credit in every area of our life. And so, Father, I just pray that this week would be one of great celebration, uh, that we would lift you up like we've never lifted you up before, and that people would be able to feel your love and experience your love through us and through the way that we celebrate this week. So, Father, I just love you. Man, just lift up my brothers and sisters this week. Man, give them double portions of your goodness, Lord, and may they give you double portions of celebration back. So, Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, that's all I got for us this week. I pray you receive something today. I pray something spoke to you. Remember, man, quit picking up other people's stuff that don't belong to you, okay? Man, ask God for help, and he's always going to provide. I love y'all. Y'all have a great week. Haley and Jaden, man, congratulations once again. I love y'all. I'm excited. And see y'all next week. Bye.